Do it. Fratelloni's Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 1,186, November 7th, 2023. I don't recall this warm streak, and it was just three years ago. Again, the record for this day is uh, 74 degrees in 2020. Mm-hmm. You claimed you remember that I do. beautiful streak I we do. had. And six below on this day in 1991 as we were still digging out from the Halloween blizzard. Hail the flashlight king. Hail you. And now from the mayor's office above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Chris Reavers manning Technology Corner, Kenny Olson from the Krabby Coffee Shop, John Hyde in the newsroom, and of course, the rookie. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and the keeper of common sense, your mayor. Joe Sushi. May I start with a note of elegance? You may. Uh, Howard sent me this. He ran across a letter on Facebook, or the uh, the copying of a letter on Facebook, from John Steinbeck to Marilyn Monroe, uh. asking her for an autograph. It's an example of his writing. It's it's amazing. Uh, it's dated April 28, 1955, addressed to Marilyn Monroe at the Waldorf Towers in New York City. Dear Marilyn, in my whole experience, I have never known anyone to ask for an autograph for himself. It is always for a child or an ancient aunt, which gets very tiresome, as you know better than I. It is therefore with a certain nausea that I tell you that I have a nephew-in-law who lives in Austin, Texas, whose name is John Atkinson. He has his foot in the door of puberty, but that is only one of his problems. You are the other. I know that you are not made of celestial ether, but he doesn't. A suggestion that you have normal functions would shock him deeply, and I'm not going to be the one to tell him. On a recent trip to Texas, my wife made the fatal error of telling John that I had met you. He doesn't really believe it, but his respect for me has gone up even for lying about it. (laughs) Now I get asked for all kinds of silly favors, so I have no hesitation in asking one of you. Would you send him in my care a picture of yourself, perhaps in a pensive, girlish mood, inscribed to him by name, and indicating that you are aware of his existence? He is already your slave. This would make him mine. If you will do this, I will send you a guest key to the ladies' entrance of Fort Knox. And furthermore, <laughs> I will like you very much. Yours sincerely, John Steinbeck. Wow. Now, that's, that's cool. how you request an autograph. Mm-hmm. Isn't that's that really cool. beautiful? Yours yes. truly. This is really no, up yours in the sincerely. Oh, yours sincerely. This is really up in the game then for the GLers next year at the State Fair. Yep. If you want the mayor's autograph. Put it in print. Could you duplicate something the way John Steinbeck did for Marilyn Monroe? No. If it was Marilyn Monroe, I would try. He even knew her room number at the Waldorf Towers. Okay, that's creepy. Room 2728, Waldorf Towers, New York City, New York. Hey, I see you're wearing a red dress. (laughs) No, in in night... Don't make it creepy. In 1955, she would have been, what, at the height of her powers, right? Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. That's fun. That's excellent. Now on to the real world. There was a neat Norma Jean. post about Norma Jean when she was still in the, uh, was it, which which branch? Uh, was it the Marines? 
Help me. Marilyn Monroe, I don't think uh, Chris was ever in the Marines. No, you're wrong. I'll find it. Oh, okay, I'm wrong. I'll look it up. Uh, yeah, she fought <laughs> in Guadalcanal. No, but she she did. <laughs> no, rookie, no, don't look this up. I got it right here because I'm going to prove you're wrong. Norma Jean Baker, military, and I am going to tell you something right now. Hold on. World War II. Here we go. Continued her military association long past World War II. Her military association, Chris, was perhaps visiting the troops. No, it's not. I have she, she had a rifle over her shoulder, and she was crawling around uh, sand dunes in the Pacific Theater with the Marines, huh? She worked in a plant, Chris, but that's not really being in the military, building, helping to build weapons. Okay. I Joe, apologize. If did you ever hear such cheering? No. What was it? She said... <laughs> Joe, you never heard such cheering, said Marilyn Monroe, getting off a plane from Korea. Yes, I have, said Joe DiMaggio. <laughs> I love that. That's a gate to lease piece on Joe DiMaggio, which is one of the finest pieces of writing I've ever read. Remains one of my favorites. Okay. That and Frank Sinatra has a cold. Yeah. Gay knew how to write a piece. Okay. See, I got a note. What was Frank Sinatra has a cold? Uh, just a profile of Frank Sinatra. Okay. Yeah, got it. And he was having problems getting him for an interview, and eventually mm-hmm. did. And yeah, okay. mm-hmm. I, I have a note from Scott from Invergrove Heights. Uh, never afraid, and always pushing back. His CP is a teacher, and he was uh, taken yesterday with our guest Lori Thompson of the uh, Anoka Hennepin School District, who is fighting the BS she's put through. Okay. And he writes, uh, the CP is a longtime veteran middle school teacher working her magic in a local suburban school district just miles from the borders of St. Paul. After listening to Lori Thompson, I immediately told her that she needed to listen to the show when she walked in the door yesterday afternoon. As she listened, she nodded her head in agreement, knowing Ms. Thompson was really sticking her neck out by going on your program. First, Ms. Thompson showed... Great courage coming on your show to address the elephant in the room. An elephant is in the room, residing in far too many school districts around the state. Personally, I fear that Thompson will face retribution for exposing the racial division garbage that is being jammed down the throats of teachers in Minnesota, who then are being told to indoctrinate our children with this garbage via the classroom. Anecdotally, the CP, his wife, sent sat through identical staff development uh, sessions, keeping a tight lip as she was a minority in the room. While I encouraged her to pipe up, she dared not commit political suicide with her peers and put a bullseye on her back with the administration. You were right when you said there must be a group of traveling snake oil salesmen selling this to the district supers or school boards around the state. Yeah, it's a guy in a checkered shoot and, uh, suit and clown shoes. And he mm-hmm. shows up and he says, you got to buy this DEI package I got, man. I got slides and everything. Only cost you $12,000. Right. <laughs> Sadly, uh, teachers uh, Minnesota and the entire regressively run state of Minnesota government all drink from this fountain of lies and distortions. To change this will take immense pushback from parents of the students. The big fly in the ointment is that most parents don't take an active role in finding out what their child is being taught during the school day, which explains the massive amounts of discipline problems and lack of student competency when graduation time rolls around. Job well done, 
Ms. Thompson, may God protect you from the race-mongering haters who infect education and might now try to make your life a living hell, uh, Scott. I, 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 I hope that does not happen to her. I don't foresee that happening. If, if she gets way out in front and makes her objections uh, civil and clear, how do they dare take her on? Because right. we'll go after it again. Not that we can do anything, but maybe somebody would pick up on it. Enough attention. It's, it's extraordinary. The one thing I forgot to ask her, are only white teachers made to go through this BS? Mm. Great question. I forgot to ask her. That's a really good question. I have her email address. Email it right now, <laughs> Rook. <clears throat> I can just shoot her a text as well. Yeah. Well, I'll do that right now. Say, Actually, hey, um, are you going to do that? Before I do that, hey, we forgot to ask you. Before I do that, um, I'd like to read a couple of paragraphs from a story, if you wouldn't mind. Is this more Marilyn Monroe? <laughs> In 1944, <laughs> Joe, while working at Radio Plane, Ethel Doherty and her daughter-in-law, Norma Jane Baker joined the ranks of the millions of women known as Rosie the Riveters, helping the war effort. During that's their... What, that's what I said. That's, that's what I told that's, you. I, we know that, Chris. I'm, I'm sorry I interrupted. Chris, continue. Nope. nope. <laughs> she was not, Chris, she was not a Marine. She wasn't in the armed services. She worked at a factory making weapons. Do you have like evidence that she was in the Marines? It's fading fast. No, don't pull this BS. Do you have evidence that she was in the Marines? It's fading fast. Isn't that an association with the military? Well, the well, way I that, suppose somebody changed their shirt in Montana is. Yeah. Everybody she, in America then was in the service, if you're going to think that, in the 40s. Some of Norma Jean's assignments included spraying glue on aircraft fabric... <laughs> Wow, they let her do the hard job. And folding parachutes. She must have been very advanced. <laughs> David Conover, an Army photographer, was assigned to Fort oh, Roach. Gosh. It is then when he noticed a particular blue-eyed Rosie the Riveter who was in the process of putting propellers on aircraft. Okay. <clears throat> so she worked Still in didn't the factory, take the oath like yet, I said. Right? Yeah, exactly. Still didn't take the oath yet. I got gotcha. you. It's when he noticed Norma Jean and led her on to wow. fortune. What did you want to ask, Lori? Uh, are only white employees required to take the DEI courses? Uh, put there, we forgot to ask. According to the rules, all educators, according to the Minnesota Professional Educator Licensing and Standards Board, are required. If you haven't gone to the polls yet, a good rule of thumb is... Do not vote for any school board candidate endorsed by the Minnesota Teachers Union. That would mean that you've got to do your homework to find out. People must do their homework. I have not voted yet. I haven't either. I'm going to do it tonight. I will on the way home from the show. In the U.K., the Metropolitan Police claimed that they were tearing down posters. Just a minute. Uh... Posters of kidnapped Israeli kids of kidnapped Israeli kids are traumatizing Hamas supporters. Students for Justice in Palestine claim the posters are insensitive and triggering. This is from the failed academy. A poster of a kidnapped child is now an Islamic 
Islamophobic hate crime. Uh, Jordy linked me to a piece in the front page. In the UK, the Met Police claimed they were tearing down the posters of part, as part of some reasonable steps to stop issues escalating and to avoid any further increase in community tension. Muslim rallies calling for jihad have not been shut down because they don't escalate anything or lead to community tensions. But posters of kidnapped people escalate tensions. Similar scenes of government action were seen in Germany and other parts of Europe. What the story of the posters reveals is that any resistance to Islamic terrorism is unacceptable. A poster of kidnapped Israeli hostages is as bad as an Israeli airstrike taking out a Hamas terrorist. To justify Hamas atrocities, their supporters, like Students for Justice in Palestine, must dehumanize Israelis as monsters, occupiers, soldiers, and settlers, and any depiction of them as human, let alone images of kidnapped elderly women and children, must be suppressed. And Jordy notes he thought this was from the he really did think this was from the Babylon Bee. It is not. It's... It is not. Protesters have kidnapped Israeli kids are traumatizing Hamas supporters. As from Front Page magazine. They claim the posters are insensitive and triggering. Now, we've wrestled somewhat with why the Jews are hated, but we don't have to go there anymore. We can answer it a different way. Why is what's happening in this country happening? Why do we elect Ilhan Omar? Why do we elect Rashida Tlaib? Why do we have diversity, equity, and inclusion uh, adventures in schools? Because we're free and prosperous. What's wrong with what's what is Israel? Free and prosperous. It is uh, Western-like in its achievements. It's a Western-like in its prosperity and freedom. The United States is prosperous and free. The, the free world, the free Western world is in a war with people who would turn the United States and the likes of Israel into desolate uh, realms of anarchy. They, it might be as simple as that they're too lazy to participate. They're too lazy to work and they don't want to have to strive and therefore, rather than strive, it's easier to tear it all down. And they're trying to tear it all down. What a way to live. I saw a thing. For I'm... there can be nothing uh, for these students to gain by claiming that they're traumatized by pictures of kidnapped Israelis. Because if they were to be in control there wouldn't be any cure to the world's problems. The world's problems would only become worse because they're selfish, they're stupid, they're unprepared, they're lazy, they're not well-educated. They've completely been failed by the failed academy. And I'm more convinced than ever that the failed academy is the root of all the culture wars we're seeing. And to think that 
how, how could anyone serious? Well, they're not taking it seriously. They're they're pushing back. But isn't it something that you have to push back against a student who supports Hamas and claims that a picture of an elderly Israeli woman who's been held hostage is traumatizing to them? Don't you think the beheaded Israeli babies were traumatizing to the parents? A little bit. Uh, I saw on Instagram a couple of days ago, and I can't find it, but it was a guy going around signing up people for uh, Palestine. They they would, do you support? Yes. Okay, well, okay, you can sign here, but I have a couple of uh, waivers. Here's all the things that they want to stand for. I I saw the same thing. That, that's just what that's what they're doing. But but these people had no idea that these were the various things because they're stupid and uneducated. Correct. Now uh, Kathy uh, sends me uh, more on the failed academy. Uh, the war is on us, and and she's echoing something I just said. The war is on us, the West. The money that fuels ideological indoctrination has been taking place while our society has been worried about things like the accuracy of biological sex and intersectionality. Every day I think of Winston in Orwell's book, 1984. His job changed the news to fit the narrative. I guess you can't make bleep up. Gray jumpsuits sweeping the streets, anyone? And she sent me a piece uh, from someone I admire greatly, Barry Weiss. One and of your the, go-to guys. Yeah, well, she's a no, gal. Yeah, she's a gal, I mean. Yep. But that's all right. A gal can be a guy. You know, Barry. Especially in her case. Barry, you, know. you want to be specific. <laughs> you, know, so, you know what I mean? You can go either way. Well, she does go. I mean, she's... I don't that's, know sir, I, Barry. I got it. This is from the Free Press. Is campus rage fueled by Middle Eastern money? At least 200 American colleges and universities illegally withheld information on approximately $13 billion in undisclosed contributions from foreign regimes. This is by Barry Weiss. It's dated yesterday. I can't possibly read you the whole piece, but I urge you to read it. Since Hamas October 7 massacre, it has been hard to miss the explosion of anti-Semitic hate that has gripped college campuses across the country. A Cornell, at Cornell, a student posted a call to follow Jews home and slit their throats. Jeez. And a professor said the terror attack energized and exhilarated him. At Harvard, a mob of students besieged an Israeli... I'm going to stop right now because I'm having a deep thought. What? <clears throat> do, do, you think, do you think the hate is easier to focus on Israel... Because it's so small and contained, whereas the the same hatred campaign that really is underway in this country seems to be having trouble getting a purchase, getting a foothold, because we're so big and we have so many people and there are so many people who don't buy their BS. But Israel is this little teeny place the size of Rhode Island or Delaware or whatever, and they they can zero in on it. That, that was my deep thought that I just had. Okay, that's good. Because when you when you take the same hatred and you apply it to the United States, it becomes diluted because we're so big. And we have so many people. And it's easy to not even know it's taking place. A Jewish man was killed yesterday in the L.A. area by Palestinian protesters. Yep. Uh, the the Rabbi Michael Barkley is quoted uh, in that story as weighing in. Mm-hmm. 
That's it, the only reason I saw it was because of his but, account. But see, the hatred is happening in this country, but it's diluted by our size. I think I've stumbled onto something. No. Okay. <laughs> Since Hamas October 7 massacre has been hard to miss the explosion of anti-Semitic hate that has gripped college campuses across the country. Uh, oh, I did that. At Harvard, a mob of students besieged an Israeli student surrounding him as they bellowed, shame, shame, shame. Shame for what? At dozens of other campus, campuses, students gathered to celebrate Hamas. The response from school administrations has been alarming. With few exceptions, in the immediate aftermath of October 7, a uni university president issued equivocal statements about the initial attack. Some professors even celebrated it. Mm -hmm. And the focus on the part of administration bureaucrats has been on protecting the students who are tearing down the posters and being shamed for doing so. Where did all of this hatred come from is the question worth pondering. As Rachel Fish and others have documented for several decades, a toxic worldview, morally relativist, anti-Israel, and anti-American has been incubating in area studies departments and social theory programs at elite universities. Whole narratives have been constructed to dehumanize Israelis and brand Israel as a white colonial project to be resisted. The students you see in the videos circulating online have been marinating in this ideology, which can be defined best by what it's against. Anything Western. We are as much under attack as the Israelis. Only here, we're escaping, well, we think we're escaping much of it, because much of it we don't see because of our size. We're going to have I think a, there's always been a level of hatred for Jewish people in America, but yeah. you're right. I think the size makes a difference. And I think now you're just, you pile on that whatever, the the outlook of the young yep. people who are, are now making it into a, quote, color issue because right. of skin color, et cetera. I think you pile that on top. And then the administrators at colleges who won't Condemn. come out and speak against it yep. just makes everything, you know. Because the the... The academy has failed us. And what's your line? The barbarians are no longer no at the door. They're no longer at the gate. They're in the house. They're here. Yeah. What protects us so far in the United States? Basically, our vastness, our size. There's... There are uh, protesters in Minneapolis and St. Paul. Waving the Hamas flag. Who, who are pro-Hamas, including the teacher from Bloomington, is it Jefferson or Kennedy? Including a city Abby, council Abby candidate member. Abby somebody somebody who, who got arrested outside Betty McCollum's office. They're here, but they're deluded because of our size. And the city council yeah. candidate, Met Metzger or whatever his name is, same thing. He's pro-Hamas and he's... He was outside of McCollum's office as well. One other thing, if I may. Mm -hmm. uh, I, usually I defend the media. Mm -hmm. In this case, I won't because if, you know, uh, 20 members of a pro-Palestinian organization get together and protest, you see it. Yesterday, there was a gigantic pro-Israel rally in New York City. Have you seen anything about it no. in the news? No. no. So the only thing amplified is, you know, 
20, 30 people getting together and yelling slogans and waving the Palestinian flag, etc. And the media just, you know, falls Modern short. news gatherers can be, factually, directly linked to the failed academy from which they have sprung. Yeah. It was totally different in my day. I'm lucky enough to have seen maybe the height of good newspapering in this country. And I've really watched it decline. Uh, at the uh, town council meeting. Are you talking about a week from tomorrow at Tattersall brought to us by Preci <laughs> Precision Garage Door of the Twin Cities? It's going to be really cool. You need uh, to RSVP. Well, Precision Garage Door of the Twin Cities in western Wisconsin is growing. They want to find new members for their team. You know, people are hiring. These companies get, find great success, like Grunhofer's and Precision Garage Door, and they're hiring. You can get great pay and train on the job by people who care, and Precision Garage Door has the benefits you need, and more importantly, the ones you want, bonuses and incentives, paid time off, 401K, profit sharing. This is the garage door service. It should be in your telephone closet. Precision Garage Door is hiring now for three positions. Garage door technicians, garage door installers, and they need people to help run the day-to-day -day operations as a warehouse inventory associate. These are good people. It's an equal opportunity employer, and their employees stay because they appreciate and compensate excellent work. If you're looking for a new career... Start a precision garage door of the Twin Cities in western Wisconsin. Head to this GLR-owned business at precisiondoormn.com for your own garage door needs, including new doors. Precisiondoormn.com or call and meet to see if you're a good fit for each other. 612-263-6985. You know, the investment game can be awfully tricky, especially in these volatile times. And that's why you need the best and also somebody that you can trust. And that's why I rely on Josh Arnold. We know him as Mr. Money Talk around these parts. And he's here for you. So give him a call today for that free 48-minute no-obligation consultation by dialing 952-925-5608. 952-925-5608. Josh has been at this a long time with a track record of success, and he's here to help you. So give him a call today. No Obligation. That's right. No obligation. It's absolutely free. 952-925-5608. And tell them you heard about them here on the Garage Logic Podcast. Investment services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC, a security investment advisor. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk. All comments and opinions are Josh Arnold's and do not constitute investment advice. Chris Reavers is a paid endorser. This guy wears many hats, just not indoors. Joe Souchere. This Barry Weiss piece, I, I just can't let go of it. Uh, she's wondering, you know, where did this come from? And she doesn't use the words, but she it's coming from the failed academy. Many are rightly questioning how it got this bad. How did university leaders come to eulogize rather than put a stop to campus hate rallies and anti-Semitic intimidation. Why are campus leaders now papering over anti-Semitism? How could institutions supposedly committed to liberal values be such hotbeds of anti-Semitism and anti-Israel activism? Wow. 
In a large part, it's a story of the power of ideas, in this case, terrible ideas, and how rapidly they spread. But it is also a story of an influence campaign by actors far outside the university campus aimed at pouring fuel on a fire already raging here. Hmm. We've known for some time about the links between anti-Israeli uh, campus agitators like Students for Justice in Palestine and shady off-campus anti-Israel activist networks. But thanks to the work of the Network Contagion Research Institute, a nonprofit research center, we now have a clearer picture of the financial forces at play at a higher institutional level. Today, this was dated yesterday, after months of research, the NCRI, Network Contagion Research Institute, released a report comprising four separate studies following the money. The report finds that at least 200 American colleges and universities illegally withheld information on approximately $13 billion in undisclosed contributions from foreign regime regimes, many of which are authoritarian. Hmm. <clears throat> Moreover, white correlation is not a causation. They found that the number of reported anti-Semitic incidents on a given campus has a meaningful relationship to whether the university has received funding, disclosed and undisclosed, from regimes or entities tied to regimes in the Middle East. Overall, authors of the report write a massive influx of foreign concealed donations to American institutions of higher learning, much of it from authoritarian regimes with notable support from Middle Eastern sources, reflects or supports heightened levels of intolerance toward Jews, open inquiry, and free expression. Uh, here, GLers, get your pen and pencil. Go to the site called The Free Press... And go to uh, yesterday, a piece by Barry Weiss, former New York Times editorial writer who saw the light. Okay. And the headline of her story is, Is Campus Rage Fueled by Middle Eastern Money? I and, will also provide this as a link on the GL right, show And then read today. it because I can't take up the whole show to read it. Uh, but it's just... Uh, it's not surprising, is it? It's just not surprising. And there's charts and graphs and all kinds of neat stuff. And I, well, it's not neat. It's detailing the hatred that the West is currently experiencing and Israel is conspir uh, experiencing in a much more concentrated level. Yes, Chris. Lori did get back to me. Yes. Um, based on what I saw... On October 2nd, I would say everybody had to participate. We did have other teachers uh, that were there that day. So she All said right. everyone has to participate. Right. Well, this, the school is just, the, the, the Hennepin and Oka district is just clever enough to realize that would have been jumping the shark right. to bring yeah. in only white employees. So they covered their ass by making sure it's everybody. Still, but I'm sure the educators of color are in the minority in that district. Right. So this was this is something that was quite uh, readily and easily uh, fo foisted on on the white teachers. I had something else to tell you. Foisted. Uh, 
Where was I? Just bear with the mayor here. I guess I guess I'm going to change topics because I could I could stay with Barry Weiss all day. Uh, I think what's important for us to realize, and it's too late to really do anything significant for this election cycle. The election in the Twin Cities, for example, is today. Right. So many people. I got some. Uh, well, technically, it's been since what? End of August. Right. <laughs> yeah, right. Open. I think in many cases, people go to the polls and they uh, quite literally don't know who they're voting for when it comes to, for example, a school board race. Right. I got a number of emails from people who say, thanks for opening our eyes. I'm going to do my research now. And other people said, I've done my research. I'm not voting for anyone who's been was called a progressive. And and I think uh, not enough people are going to be that informed today. Uh, today will result, uh, for GLers at least... More of the same? More disappointment in who gets elected. Mm-hmm. There's a great race in Ward 5 in St. Paul where Pam Tollefson, who we had on the show at the fair... Yep is among three candidates running who are not progressive. They're not Mysterians. They're long-lived St. Paulites who have actually worked for a living, had jobs, had families, owned homes. Uh, and and the endorsed candidate, help me, rookie, uh, Kim Jong Hua Hua Jong Kim, uh, of course, gets the progressive and DFL endorsement. So what do you think? Do you think the residents of the Como neighborhoods and out Rice Street Way are going to realize that if if vote, voting for her, if she follows the instructions of her endorsee, the Democratic Socialists of America, she doesn't want police, she doesn't want prisons, and she wants to bring about kind of an equity, which always can be false because there can be no such thing as equity in the American life as you know it. It can't happen. Right. So so Pam Tollison should win that race or, or anyone but what but Kim should win that race if the voters are paying attention. Because if the voters are paying attention and they still vote for Kim then I guess what we're learning is people no longer want the country we know. They no longer want it. it, They want to give Kim a shot at reinventing the country. Is it going to get to the point, too, where we're just going to have to, instead of, you know, candidate A with their affiliation, are we going to to say, no, I need a paragraph. Here's the things you stand for. Here's what you'd like to do in my city because we're not paying enough attention ahead of time. Well, the the other what I've done is go to who they are endorsed by, and then go to the sites of the endorsers. For example, the Democratic Socialists of America endorses this Kim in the fifth ward. There's five DSA candidates in Minneapolis. There are at least two in St. Paul. One of whom is Kim. If you go to the DSA site and they and read their platform, it's 21 pages long. Right. But I guess what I'm getting at... So you don't... No, you don't need... All all you need to know about a candidate is if they're endorsed by DSA, uh, if you're a GLer, you don't want them. I get that. But I'm talking about the average voter because they're not doing their homework. not going to do this work. Right. That's what I'm saying. On the actual ballot, should we have this information? 
I got to tell you who I'd vote for in Ward 1 in St. Paul, though. That's the Omar Saeed. Uh, I'm voting for Lucky Tiger Jack Rosenblum. Yeah, it's Tiger Jack's kid. Nice. Yeah. yeah. That's who I'm voting for. Lucky Rosenblum. Well, you're, you're not voting for him because you don't live. I there. don't live in St. Paul. Say, as promised, Tim Bloom and Kayla, his daughter, yep. they showed up at my house Sunday. They were on a scooter pickup run. Shoot. They picked my scooter up. I have to do that this they year. They were on their way to a, a buddy of mine to get his. Now it's tucked away out in Forest Lake at EcoFun Motorsports. Ah. Despite their great products and everything, this is the service I love the best. This is amazing. You don't have to be staring at that thing in the winter. Well, taking I don't mind room. that. I don't mind that, but it, 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 it frees up some room for me, and they take care of storing it, changing the oil, tending the battery, and that'll be returned to me in the spring. The fee, I think, is extremely reasonable and modest, and I, I think that's just one of the great, great uh, uh, efforts of EcoFun Motorsports in Forest Lake in Burnsville, and I was talking to Tim about the uh, great snow blowing equipment he's got on sale now, and a lot of snow blowing equipment with plows and four by fours and snow blowers, and and uh, not to mention, you know, see the weather forecast for next week mm-hmm. in the sixties. Get in some extra electric bike riding or scooter riding on all the little gas scooters that turn urban errands into adventures. Wait a minute, so you're telling us. Don't call Tim yet. Don't call him. Oh, get out there. Get on the schedule. Well, Let's I don't. Call. I don't mind if I miss a day of scooting because I see. Uh, because mine's been taken care of, and I appreciate that very much. And uh, we're talking ATVs and scooters and electric bikes and service and apparel and helmets, pickup and delivery service. It's EcoFun Motorsports in Forest Lake. It's on Highway 97, immediately west of 35. And in Burnsville on the service road of life near County Road 42, ecofunmotorsports.com. We've had it too easy, and so have our cylinders. I know it's already cold. The snow will soon be flogging us. That means it's time to add seafoam to your tanks, all of them. The summer cylinders, they should already have been shut down and dosed before you put them away. Do it now if you haven't. And it's time to get your winter cylinders up and running, and Seafoam Motor Treatment is your friend. If those carbs and injectors are acting the fool, hit them with Seafoam. That's the answer. You know what else likes Seafoam? Deadbolts, knob locks, padlocks. Douse them with Seafoam Deep Creep. It's a lubricator and a rust buster. It's amazing, and it keeps those locks working fantastic when it's below zero. And the Deep Creep, along with the motor treatment, the Transtune, Bugs Be Gone, all of it available anywhere that fine automotive chemicals are sold. A local company with a global reach and a true miracle in a world of bad gas, Seafoam. Not stop him. He'll just make a move. Joe Suchere. A lot of great response from yours truly dressed up in the adult size Halloween Siamese cat costume. And I did it because that's how dedicated I am to my friends at Hofferman Water. You want to hear more about the cats and their own personalized no. filtered water no. dish? Yes. I want the I want water information. Okay. Hofferman Water is an independent water treatment dealer, and they have reluctantly hired me to be their spokesperson. But I'm here to tell you that they're going to offer sales, service, and rental options for Connecticut water treatment systems. That includes water softeners, iron rust, and odor filtration systems, and, of course, 
drinking water systems. And that's because a new system from Connecticut can do so many things that other water softeners just simply cannot do. It is going to cut down on your salt usage, but it's also going to protect your appliances. So here's the deal. Get on the schedule right now and have them come out for that free water analysis. 952 894-4040. That's 952-894-4040. Or you can also visit them at HoffermanWater.com. Hofferman Water has been proudly serving the state of Minnesota for over 50 years. Please tell them that you heard about them here on the Garage Logic podcast. Uh, John, before you begin, rookie, Mm -hmm. uh, there's no mayor's race in South St. Paul, is there? There is not. Okay. Here's John Height in the uh, John Height. Wait a minute. London, Madrid, Bangkok, Moscow, Listen, the Twin Cities, okay, here. from the four corners of the world, from the news capitals at home and abroad. Here's Today's headlines brought into focus John. the issues and events that shape our time. Garage Logic, Here's the John. information beacon of Minnesota, presents the John Height News Experience. And here's An up-to-the-minute commentary from one of journalism's most trusted voices. Five-time winner of the Gopher NewsHawk Award. Now, with all the news fit to broadcast, he won the Gopher News here's Hawk Award? John yes, he Height. Turn it baby! Yep. Oh, I'm sorry, I was just catching some practice right. there. Yeah. Yeah. Full session, huh? Yeah, uh, this uh, this news is brought to you by North American Banking Company. Uh, as we've talked about, it's election day today. If you're in line before 8 p.m. closing time, you are allowed to vote. Uh, now, this is weird. I didn't know this. I was reading a bunch of articles this morning about election day. Uh, depending on where you live, polling places, opening times can vary. I didn't know that. Yeah. For instance, if they want to, polling places outside the metro area do not have to open until 5 p.m. for city count only if it's city county and school district elections although i'm guessing most of them though probably if not all probably opened at at eight don't you think or seven i'm sorry i would think so john yeah they got retirees volunteers that are excited for this is a big day for the election people i'm just glad we're doing everything we can to fix it you know vote early vote often Mm Update on a story we had yesterday. Police in Brooklyn Park say they have now arrested a teenage boy in connection to a shooting on Halloween that left two teens dead. The Brooklyn Park Police Department announced the development, saying a 16-year-old boy is being held on suspicion of murder for the shootings. He was taken into custody on Sunday. Investigators also determined the suspect knew the victims. It was not a random shooting. It happened just after 5 p.m. last Tuesday, Halloween, near the uh, corners of 73rd and Zane Avenues, according to police. One of the victims died at the scene, while the second was hospitalized before dying on Friday evening. Formal charges have been filed against a Rochester man who's accused of engaging in sexual activity with a minor. Rochester police say 44-year-old Matthew Adamson is in custody. He was formally charged with one count of engaging or hiring a child under the age of 14 for prostitution, child solicitation through electronic communication, and sexual conduct with a child through electronic communication. Adamson is an employee for the Olmstead County Sheriff's Office and was working as a detention deputy corporal in the jail, according to Captain Tim Parkin. He said Adamson is now on administrative leave and that the BCA and the Rochester Police Department are investigating. On at least two different occasions, Adamson allegedly asked what he thought were teenage girls. 
but they were actually law enforcement reps for sex and offered to give them alcohol in return. He was arrested when going to meet what he thought was one of the teenage girls. The prostitution charge carries a maximum sentence of 20 years in prison, a fine of $40,000. The other two charges each carry a maximum fine of five years in prison and a $10,000 fine. Any of you guys... uh read this piece about the pastor in Alabama who uh, enjoyed dressing up in women's clothes yeah. yes, and then yeah. apparently was outed for this and then committed suicide. And then he killed himself. And I, 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 I don't know why I feel bad for the guy. Well, of course I mean, you do. I mean, he went Marv Albert. I mean, what? No. It, well, well I, I read enough to s- note that I wasn't reading ev- any evidence that he was a lousy pastor. Okay. Oh, so, you know. He felt shame. This screwball liked to, you know, go in the closet and put on a frock. Right. Well, yeah, that's Who strange. Sometimes? That's strange. Wait. But, gee whiz, the poor guy killed himself. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It was and a now, tough story. What are you all the way around. And now this guy was put on uh, meter Pretty cute, duty. by the way, when he put the. Sooner. If the light's right, you know. Yeah. yeah. Oh <laughs> He's curvy. He likes to be term. curvy. Yeah. No, no, no. no, curvy. Oh, not not, not curly. Not curly. He liked curly. He kind of did look like curly. A little bit. Yeah. Poor bastard. Jeez. Really? Happy really? birthday, Mr. <laughs> President. Oh my God. So it's many people. Chris Farley. <laughs> So many people die in so many ways. It's just... You know what? Well, no. sad. Right. Poor guy. Nearly one Who million... caught him? I mean, how did he get out of uh, The custodian... I, I, I must admit I didn't give it my full attention. Okay. You know? It was a local, I believe, uh, reporter who's associated... Well, I shouldn't say. It was a reporter, but I think they're associated with hey. it. hey... With the game that looks movement? a lot like I, Gary. I, with the gay magazine, yes. And I think he, I don't know this for a fact, but I think the reporter apparently felt that the fellow was being a bit of a hypocrite. But mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know. I don't know I, either. You know, it's, it. it's, it's a weird, not nice story. No, anyway. it's a sad anyway. story. Yeah. Every way you look at it, it's a sad story. Uh, nearly one million chickens at a Wright County egg farm will be slaughtered after the flock came into contact with bird flu. The U.S. Department of Agriculture shared data that shows a commercial table egg layer in Wright County had a confirmed outbreak. That outbreak affected 940,000 birds. It's a lot of chickens, John. You see those chickens back there? Mm -hmm. Pretty good-looking chickens. They are good-looking chickens. Last month, more than 330,000 birds across 11 flocks in seven counties, Becker, Pine, Candy, Ojai, Meeker, Redwood, Brown, and Blue Earth, were impacted by bird flu, according to the Minnesota Board of Animal Health. Experts say migratory birds are the main spreader of bird flu, meaning the outbreaks often sink in with seasonal migration patterns. So far, this outbreak is less severe than that uh, one that started back in early 2022, which led to a poultry ban that was almost uh, that was later lifted that summer. That led to almost 58 million birds being slaughtered in 2022, most of those chickens and turkeys. Isn't that amazing? Because when you stop to think about it, do you know anybody who didn't have chicken or a turkey when they wanted one? No. no. And yet 58 million birds were right, killed? Right. No, I, I didn't see a loss in the shelves. Of- I have a, a weird uh, brain thing, and my wife makes fun of me for it, where I always say, how do they raise enough chickens and get enough eggs and, and other things for all of America? I My mind can't wrap around that. Well, and then throw in I, the I, fact that do, do you know anyone who didn't have eggs or chicken or a turkey when they wanted no. one and we killed 58 million of them? 
I know. I can't. I can't. It's wonder I who the first you can't wrap right your talons around it. That's I wonder, John, exactly. who was the first person to eat a chicken? I wonder. <laughs> That's the someone who yeah, I've had this game. discussion. Somebody yeah, who was yeah. really hungry. Yeah. Boy, who I love it when you three bust into cucumber? farm talk. That's who, yeah. who, ate, who ate a radish first? Who ate a, a, who why, ate a radish? Who, For why? God's sake! I mean, they just they saw this thing on the ground and <laughs> there's a red. There's a red thing there. I'm gonna I'm gonna bite into it and see what happens. I hope I don't die. Who's the first person to eat a salmon? You know. I'm going to pull this animal out of the water, rip its skin off, and then make a patty out of it. Well, you know what? I bet they saw bears eating them. And then they thought, well, if the bears can eat it, let's give it a shot. Okay. Let's give it a try. Well, what what if they would have watched that bear eat a kayak? Then they probably would have tried to eat a kayak. Kayak sandwich. These were not advanced people. (laughs) A concert announcement. U.S. Bank Stadium in Minneapolis announced we'll see Kenny Chesney again with the Zac Brown Band on May 4th. (laughs) His 90th time coming to U.S. Bank Stadium. (laughs) Glad you said that. Isn't he here about every three months? He is. But you know what? I mean, he he sells sells out every single time. I mean. I mean. I mean. I'm like... Uh, Zach Brown will be opening. It's May 4th. Tickets go on sale next Friday. Uh, if you're working on the calendar for big arena shows for next year, there's already a lot of them for the Twin Cities lined up. Uh, that U.S. Bank venue has, uh, let's see, Chris Stapleton on April 6th, Zach Bryan August 24th, Morgan Wallen on June 20th and 21st, plus the big Metallica two-nighter August 16th and 18th. Uh, Target Field, meanwhile, has announced a date with the Green Day Smashing Pumpkins Tour. August oh, 17th. you mean that band that hates America and likes to rip it every chance it gets, but still tours here because they make a lot of money when they tour in the That's country the that one. they hate? Green Day? Yeah. I'm going to Billy Joel on Friday give night. Up rock and roll if you're going with that attitude, Chris. I hate Green Pretty Day. Pretty much every band. <laughs> Billy Joel and Steve We Nicks. grew up with those. Island. Where? U.S. Bank. Press tickets? Tonight? No, tonight? Friday. Friday. Press yeah. tickets? No, it's, these were paid for. Oh. If there are press tickets, let's go. <laughs> also, Foo Fighters and Pretenders in July. Joe, you like to see the Foo Fighters? Not really. I, I like, I'm going to say something and see what I, how Height reacts. Let's go. You know, we've had to, this discussion. You know, come on, I, go ahead. I think Grohl might be a hell of a guy, a real guy. And and I think, that I think he runs a nice outfit. I think he's a decent guy. I'm not. I'm not a fan of their music. It, well, it's uh, it's undefined to me. There's no. Uh, it's undefined. There's a lot of noise, and uh, they've had some nice songs with some some. Uh, uh, what's the word I want? Hooks in it, but a lot of their songs have no hooks. They're just. I, uh, we we you probably don't remember because I know sometimes your memory's a little faulty. But we had this discussion about three weeks ago, and we, Mr. Reavers jumped all over us because I pretty much agree with yeah, you. and yeah. Chris was very angry with us. Yeah, uh, but I agree. There's a couple songs by them I like a, a lot. A lot. And I'm gonna really lot, get lot. in trouble with my brother and other people because they just live and die by by the Foo Fighters. You, I love them as guys. Uh, modern day popular music, though. They're at the top of the charts. Oh, they're undeniably I, there. I don't doubt that. I, I just, it's not, maybe I'm listening for something that isn't there. I don't know. I, I, well, I don't want to turn this into a music show, but I, I think the fact that there aren't a lot of great rock and roll bands probably helps them in that mm-hmm. respect. Uh, but there are some great rock and roll bands that I think are much better than them around. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I I probably wouldn't go see them unless somebody handed me a ticket, and then I might not go see them. And mm-hmm. I don't dislike them. I love, like, Learn to Fly, I think, is a great No, I song. don't dislike them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. 
All right. Well, Noted. I'm glad we get that straightened. Noted. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and our friends down at Channel 5 uh, did this story. It's kind of interesting. Uh, state quarterfinals time, of course, for Minnesota high school football. And outdoor football means you play in a variety of conditions. Well, a former player turned inventor from the Twin Cities has tried to help out. Benjamin Fossey is the co-inventor of the ball dryer. It was invented to dry <laughs> He was really good in high school. <laughs> it was invented to dry footballs as fast as possible. Didn't Lewis Black do an entire skit on this? No, that was particular? a ball washer. A washer. Yeah, yes. Got it. The uh, machines. personal ball dryer. Right. The rains, the rain, they range from one thousand to sixteen hundred dollars. Use high pressure air at one hundred twenty degree temperatures to dry a football in under one minute. Fossey huh. said, as soon as it starts getting wet, the football gets slick like a bar of soap on the field. When it's wet out, it also gets heavy and it's harder to throw and catch. The machine is already being used by high school programs across the country, even by some college programs. And he says, next, of course, they'd like to take it to. The national. Well, this is the dumbest league. thing I ever heard in my but life. But please be very careful if you're looking for more information on it because you do have to get through some filters on the internet to, uh, you <laughs> might get signed. Why not just a towel? Doesn't work. Well, that's what they use. I've now seen it. In they the put, it in a, put it in a yeah. machine uh, and it goes. You've seen this machine? You just, so you just stand Have there? Have you ever successfully dried your hands under one of those air dryers? No. No. The only never, ones never in my life the have I dried ones, my hands under an air dryer. The Dyson <laughs> ones where you have to stick your hands into the I thing and then that. raise them out, those work. Well, no, I'm not putting my hands where I can't see them. up there on the them. second floor in the corner bathroom? No. Does it get a lot of privacy? Okay, good. Not putting my hands where I can't see them. Something to live by. Hey, no. That's, That's right. A, why don't we, uh, on that note, uh, on that life Speaking lesson, of ball take dryers. A, take yeah. a break. Take I mean, how do you know? Here's the deal. Uh, Welter Heating, they are a local company. It is a family of four generations. They can dry a ball. They know how to dry out an air conditioning unit, a heating unit, air purification units. They know what they're doing, and they're just a great family. Rick and the whole family over there in Minneapolis, 100 years. They have a phone number that's answered by a human, 612-825-6867. We're not getting pinched too bad with the, uh, the temperatures, but we are going to eventually... So be ready. If you're not sure about your heating unit, call, request an appointment online. Somebody will come out, a certified tech, and they'll help you. Their uh, welterheating.com website also has a little blog with a Q&A. So if you have something rattling or you want to know how to put something away for the winter, they will tell you, and you may not even have to have them come out. That's a freebie. Heating, cooling, and air purification from the finest family in town, Ray and Welter Heating. Air condition your shelter, or in this case, heat up your shelter with Ray and Welter online at welterheating.com. Not a Garage Logic town council member. Here's what you're missing. Didn't we have a nickname for you? Yeah, we all had nicknames. What was your nickname? Uh, not the <clears> dumb stuff. <throat> the stupid stuff. You're at Chris's jacket. Matt is dumb. John is smart at. No, John is wise. I'm smart. I don't know what I was. You are I'm late to the game. You're at. No, Joe. Joe is proven to be a racist name. Oh, <laughs> hardware and garden stores. 
No more fun. <laughs> no more fun. fun Here we go, over. Tigers. Fun's Here we go. over. You ready, Rimshot? I want a Rimshot. Yeah. Hey, dig it, dig it. John, that's not a song. It is a song. Erica Badu. It's a great song. Rolling, bro. Go behind the scenes of Garage Logic with unfiltered audio and video access, invites to exclusive events, an emailed newsletter from the mayor himself, and more by signing up at garagelogic.com. The Earth is not your mother. The Joe Suchere Show. In other news, stop that, Chris. Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu has once again rejected the idea of a ceasefire in Gaza unless hostages are released and also addressed Gaza's future after the war in an interview with ABC News. President Biden and top administration officials have been pressuring Israel for temporary humanitarian pauses in the fighting so more aid can enter Gaza and more civilians can escape the fighting. Biden and Netanyahu discussed the matter as recently as yesterday, according to the White House, although no apparent agreement was reached. I love Meanwhile, that the fact that so many people are calling for a ceasefire and Israel saying no. They got to get this over with. There's no other way to do this. Give them the hostages and they'll they'll be done. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, back here in the USA, a Jewish man died a day after he was injured in a violent clash at dueling pro-Israel and pro-Palestinian rallies, according to police. 69-year-old Paul Kessler suffered a fatal wound to the head at the demonstration in California. His death has been ruled a homicide. Police were called to an intersection in Thousand Oaks outside of Los Angeles about 3.20 in the afternoon after reports of an assault. First responders found Kessler on the ground suffering from a head wound. Witnesses told deputies with the Ventura County Sheriff's Office Kessler got into a physical altercation with at least one counter-protester fell backward and hit his head on the ground. He was rushed to the hospital where he died from his injuries. Jeez. The medical examiner determined his death was a homicide from blunt force trauma. The sheriff's office said the Ventura County Sheriff's Office is investigating the incident, has not ruled out the possibility of a hate crime. As deputies look into what led to the clash that wounded Kessler, some reports claim he was hit in the head with a megaphone before he fell to the ground. Uh, As we mentioned earlier, it's Election Day, and that goes not just for us, but for other parts of the U.S. today. Notable stories around the U.S. include exonerated Central Park Five member Youssef Salam, poised to win a seat at the New York City Council, marking a stunning reversal of fortune for a political newcomer who was wrongly imprisoned as a teen in that infamous rape case. Salam, a Democrat, will represent a Central Harlem district on the City Council, having run unopposed for the seat in one of many local elections playing out across New York State. Uh, Also for the second time in three months, the national debate over reproductive rights focuses on Ohio as voters decide whether to amend the state constitution to protect access to abortion services. The measure has become one of the nation's highest profile contests on the ballot this year and is the latest state-level skirmish over the issue since the U.S. Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade in June of 2022. Football viewing is up. NFL's viewership has seen a 6% increase this season, most of that due to a large increase Thursday night football on Amazon Prime Video and more viewers tuning into ABC and ESPN networks. The ratings for Thursday night football have spiked by 25% compared to last year, boasting an average of 12.5 million viewers per game. What nights aren't there football? Tuesday and Wednesday and Friday? I guess Saturday. 
But they'll be Saturday when the college season's over. So right. that'll be just Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday. Wow. Yeah. Uh, update, and uh, boy, uh, quite an update it is. Remember the Missouri teacher who made headlines for having an OnlyFans account? Sure. Yes. Since she uh, now says since she joined it over the summer, she's almost made $1 million. Really? Former teacher Brianna Copage revealed to Fox News the amount of money she's made for making adult content. Copage had been a teacher for five years, spending the last two at St. Clair High School as an English teacher before resigning after her OnlyFans page was discovered by school administrators and she was put on leave. Copage noted that her annual teaching salary was about forty-two grand, and she originally started the OnlyFans account to just help pay off her student loans. She told KMOV, Missouri is one of the lowest states in nation for teacher pay, and the district I was working for is also one of the lowest paying districts in the state. The times were tough. I have student loans. I have multiple degrees in education, and it was helpful to have extra money to pay off bills. On Kopaj's teaching salary, she would have had to work for about 24 years to make the same amount of money she's made from OnlyFans in less than six months. She said she now has tens of thousands of subscribers to OnlyFans and has far exceeded her teaching salary. Uh, she said uh, although her OnlyFans account posts sexually explicit content, she said she avoided showing her face because of her job as a teacher. And uh, it was discovered apparently after somebody posted a link on a St. Clair Facebook page. Once the page gained so much attention in the community and across the country, Copas said she knew she couldn't go back to the classroom and decided to resign. Uh, she says she does not advertise it to students, doesn't want students on it, but adults in the community keep talking about it, and students apparently go there. Copas said she'll miss her students. A lot of the she dads have started to uh, show up for pickup after school <laughs> as well. They're a little bit, well, I've got the <laughs> afternoon off. Kapaj said she'll miss her students, has grieved her career as a teacher. She doesn't have any regrets. She said if teachers are held to a high standard, she wants to see them paid accordingly. She also told Fox News she strongly thinks people are allowed to have personal lives outside of their careers, no matter what their careers are. Okay, there, there's something I don't get here. Okay, yes, okay only fans. Now, does that mean at, at 5 o'clock every day you can pay a certain fee and then hit a button, and she's at her house doing stuff? You could do it at 5 p.m., midnight, 2 o'clock in the okay, morning. The what thing do you I'd... often, Chris? What, uh, what's the well, no, it, it doesn't matter. You don't have to do it specifically when that particular video is being posted. It's almost like going to YouTube. That video is right. just going to yeah. exist whenever okay. you want to watch it. So now, does this place, the other thing I'm wondering about, you, you have one of these only, you're an OnlyFans person. Right? Are you a subscriber yeah. or are you a content contributor? You're you're providing the content. Got it. Aren't you in competition with uh, the adult film industry, for example? Serious question. Depending upon what you, yes. And at some point, sure. does the adult film industry try to put you out of business or something? Uh, well, not how, necessarily, how because when you're an OnlyFans content contributor, people are seeking you out, meaning. You went to the right guy. You went to the right guy for information. Well, you asked a question. Say, I don't know. I'm, I don't know what well, it is. But I'm not, no, you you two need to dig your head out of the sand. This has been going on for a long well, time. I know. But how I, would you find this lady, for example? What's her name? Brianna. Somebody. 
Brianna Copage. Yeah, well, how would you do that? Be- I'm, I'm, I'm not going to do it. I'm just puzzled as to all this BS is out there. You can find it. I guess well, you I could. Don't, you, and you wouldn't go necessarily to OnlyFans for a specific person. But she's fitting you the criteria just, that you like. Yes. But then do you get a bill on your credit card? Yes. Very discreet. Yeah. I'm sure I very think you discreet. Do, don't you subscribe, I believe? Don't what you, a like, bunch of BS. Just like any other well it's just uh, like they have a local cop who's doing just like an in app. minneapolis joe it's it's much the same as if you were to subscribe to okay here i'll, I'll show you one that i have on my phone let the industry come <laughs> you know, i have a fitness app on my phone that bills me 6.99 a month why right it, it it's all sorts of different things whether it's nutrition uh Workout routines, all sorts of stuff. Twitter, latest Twitter account. No, I'm trying to explain it to you. <laughs> okay, I get it. I, I get it. You could just sign up for it. Right. Yeah. It's just like a magazine subscription. Yeah, Once a get, month. Does your phone ping when there's a new one? An alarm? Well, there's. I think there's hundreds, aren't there? I it mean, can. Jenny's taking the dog for a walk. You might want to race over to your computer. <laughs> To gain access to the content, an individual must pay a monthly subscription fee that ranges anywhere between four ninety nine and forty nine ninety nine. Well, so wonder you... what you get for four ninety nine. <laughs> hey, who would like to see me in a dress? I don't know, <laughs> Barry. Leave your shoes on. I've got a foot fetish today. Oh God! No, no, the red pumps. What do you get for forty nine ninety nine? The whole oh, Monty whole buffet. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't know. Will you do some light ironing? Oddly (laughs) oddly enough, all these questions are asked on uh, as I'm going through the uh, the search engine. Also, what do you get for four ninety nine? I mean, that might not. Joe, here's the easiest way to explain why there is a market for the OnlyFans. In all honesty, there's a lot of people out there. A lot of people out there, boobs, who who are lonely, willing to pay. They're seeking companionship, even though it's not real companionship. I see. That's fine. That's a lot of good stuff, Johnny. Thank you. uh, Go go ahead, finish up. I was just going to tell you about Southern California. Two people there have come down with dengue fever. Oh no! Without. Without major, 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 just regular. Or regular. Without traveling outside the U.S. Ooh. Does that mean it's the very, dengue is here? It's yeah. very rare in uh, the U.S. Uh, dengue it's a mosquito-borne illness. Uh, if you get dengue, uh, by the way, and you want to know what happens, I don't. Uh, you get uh, you get high fevers, headaches, nausea, vomiting, muscle pain, and if it gets really serious, you start to bleed inside. And if that happens, of course. Well, is you that die. major dengue or regular? Well, there is a difference. I don't know the distinction. I think in regular. Major's bad. I know major that. Major is really bad. Right. Dengue, you got, you're kind of casual. You could fight it. It's casual. Yeah. <laughs> See, I told you earlier that uh, Precision Garage Door is hiring. Mm-hmm. So is Grunhoffers. You advertise with us, you got to hire people. We're going to get you people. If you want to get into the meat industry, you can go to Forest Lake Position. That's 651 982 1182 or a position at the Hugo store. How about a Grundhofer OnlyFans account? Can I finish? Can I finish the phone number? <laughs> Sorry. Uh Hugo store 651-426-2800. Hugh, uh Grundhofer's old fashioned meats celebrate right now the savory and delicious flavors of Oktoberfest with Grundhofer's old fashioned meats Bavarian bratwurst. Huh? Bavarian bratwurst. Yeah, yes, it's that time of year. Yeah, it really is. And uh, you want to have them prepare a whole meal for you. All you got to do is call ahead, and they'll put together a meal. 
chili with beans, pulled pork, pulled pork, beef, chicken, turkey. I can't say pork. I said pulled porf. Pulled porf. porf. <laughs> it might have porf. Well, you just got to ask him. If, if, if they don't, nobody does. Because Grunhofer's is the meat capital of the Minnesota, and people come from all over the country to make a visit to Grunhofer's when they're on their way up north or whatever. If you're on your way up north on 35, it's easy to get to the Forest Lake store. Mm-hmm. It's immediately east of 35 on Highway 97. And uh, Grunhofer's, the original Grunhofer's old-fashioned meats, is north of Hugo, just slightly north of Hugo on Highway 61. And we're awaiting the uh, full official announcement of a new Grunhofer's in the White Bear Lake area. It's going to be sometime before Christmas, and we'll be telling you when that is. In the meantime, uh, get to Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats. It's football grilling season, and they've got you covered with every possible meat you can imagine, including about 2,000 flavors of bratwurst. Yep. Maybe it's not up to 2,000 yet. Pretty close. But they got a lot of bratwurst at Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats. Are you? And now, a man who has never had a relationship with a tree, Joe Suchere. You guys are aware that Precision Garage Door of the Twin Cities in Western Wisconsin is now bringing us the Garage Logic Town Council meeting at Tattersall one week, one week from tomorrow. It's going to be fun. Five to six is the social hour. The podcast will begin at. Six promptly. and and promptly at seven. Yes. Promptly. Uh, but here's the thing: you have to be a town council member, and you also have to RSVP. That's the deal. And I believe we only have a few spots remaining. So do all of that at GarageLogic.com. And I'm gonna have to bring my uh, credit card because I am gonna make a major purchase there. It's my wife's favorite. Uh, I don't remember what the is name it. The rum. Is. It's not the rum. I but make you can get a discount on their product. That's right. Right. Yeah. right. During so this meeting, I'm sticking it to them. We also got an email, Joe. You were asking about OnlyFans because I believe you were asking because you want to sign up. I do not. I um, will not. But I'm just Lori and Jason emailed because you were talking about subscription-based services, and they had said, "Well, it's just like paying ten bucks a month for the Tout Council." Ooh, one and there the same. We're almost there like an OnlyFans. Who said that? That'd be Jason. Well, oh. couldn't we? I mean, if she's making a mill, couldn't we do an OnlyFans and we'll say, hey, we'll show you our feet. You know, no. Show me rookies back here. But nothing untoward. See, it did not make the finalists for the uh, Turkey of the Year Award <laughs> for the for the Center of the American Experiment. Uh, the Minnesota Paid Family Leave Program. Oh, yeah. God help us. Is expected to cost six hundred and twenty-eight million dollars more than expected. So we're still paying people not to work. Shocked. So we're so poorly led by this Walls administration. God, this guy's a buffoon. <clears throat> Who do you put in charge? A new report says that the new paid family and medical leave program will cost six hundred and twenty-eight million bucks more than expected. The report was commissioned by the Minnesota Department of Employment and Economic Development and conducted by Milliman 
found Minnesota's paid leave program will cost $628 million more than state officials estimated during the legislative session. And the PFML tax will be 31% higher than expected in year two. <laughs> it hasn't even started Something yet. to look forward to. Over the first three years, the Milliman report estimates that the total PFML, that's that Paid Family Medical Leave Act, the expenses at $4.4 billion. With a B. Wow. The National Federation of Independent Business cites the independence actuarial firm in arguing the state cannot afford the program funded by higher business taxes. We're still two years away from this mandate taking effect and costs are already out of control. The National Federation of Independent Business State Director John Reynolds said, over and out. What happened to the story? I printed it, and that's all I got. But I can turn to this. But, you know? right, th this hasn't even started yet. Because wasn't it supposed to start in 2024? Right. No, two years, I think. Or 2025, uh, I'm sorry. I, I, I don't know what happened to the rest of the printout of that story, and I apologize. I, I don't think that would discover. Let me see if I can pull it up. Huh? Let me see if I can pull it up. It's from, uh, I don't even know what site I got it, it from. It was Alpha News. Never mind. Who cares? Yeah, I'm sure the conventional news gatherers aren't reporting this. What's that mean to them? Nothing. So you create a program in the legislature and you base it on estimates, uh, and all it is is a means by which people can work less than they do now, and that's going to cost just the expenses alone are $4.4 billion for the first three years, $4.4 billion, and that's uh, apparently $628 million higher than was advertised when these maniacs were discussing it in the legislature. I can't imagine if we could get more poorly led. We can't be. I, uh, if I may add to your poorly led thought there, yeah. I saw this story over the weekend, yeah. and uh, I pulled this quote from it. Yeah. Uh, Alice Mann, who's a DFLer from Edina, yeah. uh, she was one of the authors of the bill, and she said the actuary's report looks great. It's right in line with what we were thinking. I'm not surprised by anything in there. Huh? So you, she was thinking that it's $628 million yeah. more than... Mm-hmm. Yeah, she had no problem with the actuary's report. It's just a couple of bucks, Joe. Just, just money, honey. Just money, Come honey. On. Well, okay. Now from our mole that we trust, uh, the the new state office building yes. is going to be built. There was no vote on that that I'm aware Why of. Why do we always have a new state office building? Because they take care of their own. Didn't on the they third just rail. build one where Tasty used to be mm -hmm. or somewhere? Minnesota taxpayers could be on the hook for over $275 million in interest from the state's $454 million in debt it took to fund the major renovation of the building that houses the offices of members of the Minnesota House. Minnesota Management and Budget, the state's budget agency, said the 4.39% interest rate over 20 years means the total cost of the loan will be $729.32 million to build a new office building for House members. Why not go downtown and rent all of the available space that exists? I, I'm telling you, we're as poorly led as could be in this country. 
spokesman Patrick Hogan said the $729 million figure is the maximum the state could pay. And in reality, it could be less. Uh, I, I, I'm just telling you that uh, there, there doesn't seem to be anyone with a conscience. There doesn't seem to be anyone in this vast swirl of bureaucracy who has the ability and the permission and the means to say, hold up. It certainly isn't this buffoon of a governor. He has been nothing but one of the most major disappointments in the history of Minnesota governors. Signs off on all this BS. The costs are out of control. The costs to renovate where he's living is out of control. Does he ever say no? The cost for a state office building is out of control. The cost for the state family paid medical leave act is out of control. You're driving businesses away. You're just voting today on whether to increase sales taxes. That hurts small businesses and restaurants. Everything's out of control because the inattentive people of this state have elected the wrong people. They've elected people who really want to end the way we live our lives. It's just amazing, and they're doing one hell of a job of it. It's a crying shame. We are as poorly led as maybe California. Maybe we're tied with California and maybe the two most poorly led states in the country. We're not Detroit. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> or Cleveland. <laughs> we're, we're the we, California, Minnesota have to be the most poorly led states in the union. It's just amazing to me. And people just keep putting up with it. Only because they come to us. Only. Where are we now? We're still in Mirador, San Jose, Ecuador, the traveling Lyman's. John, can you call up this day in history? Yep, got it. Uh, you'll have to complete the final one. Okay. On this day. Joe, today is November 7th. In 1885, the steamer Algoma wrecked on Isle Royal, killing nearly 50 passengers. Oof. Must have been a stormy November day, huh? Like coming up for the Fitz Memorial on November 10th. On this day... 1107. In 1889, Northfield illuminated its streets by installing 67 electric lights. Really? And it took until the year 2023 before... Thieves stole all the copper in them. <laughs> right. And this one I'll need help with, John. Okay. On this day. No, November 7th. In, in 1905, Horace Austin, sixth governor of Minnesota, died in Minneapolis. He was born October 15, 1831 in? Canterbury, Connecticut. After serving as judge in, in Minnesota 6th District, he won the governor's seat over Democrat George L. Otis in 1869. As governor, Austin established a state board of health and divided, divided the, the state, state into three congressional districts and initiated a geological and natural history survey supervised by the state university. All right. Horace Austin. But he couldn't walk it because he had club feet. Do you know that about him? I don't. Yep. What are you talking about? Huh? I'm just kidding. No. Why, why are you such an idiot? 
Why, why I'd you... like to watch you process that stuff. Well, why did you come up with Horace Austin having club feet? I don't know. It just hit me. <laughs> the, the guy with the name you of never Horace. know when inspiration is going right. to strike. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, he had two left feet. That's what it was. Oh, my God. Oh. Yikes. Like the guy in Best in Show. <laughs> He's got no, two left no, feet. No, here, no, I know how his brain works. Ready? Here's what you heard. You heard Horst. So you're picturing a horse, yep. and big, all you're picturing big is... hoof, <laughs> big hoof moving. Like this dude's got club feet, I bet. Walking around, splitting up the districts to three constitutional things. And we've had Joe's going to retire. I can see it coming. No, no, somebody might. No. Somebody there, there's might. more after I thought listing history was the end. Uh, what are you adding on? I'm adding on uh, from Peter Roars out in uh, Wyoming. He sent a picture. We've seen this before. It's really cool. It's a picture uh, of a road sign on I-80 in Wyoming, and it's called the GL Road. Nope. I'm not letting you get away with this. What? I said we've mentioned this before. He did say Ooh. this. What are you, an owl? Not only you have mentioned it before, but other emailers. No, we we did an entire episode about this. Remember, it's the GL Road. Because you you remember what started this? I called you, Chris, from that location. And why did I call you? Because you said you saw a sign that said GL Road. Right. But the main reason I called you is because I asked, "How do you unthaw washer wiper fluid?" Oh, that's right. You can't. <laughs> He said, I don't know, wait till April. Yeah. <laughs> well, we but it's come up before that there is off I eighty in Wyoming yep. the GL road. Correct. I, I don't think I deserved uh, contributions to the scan bucket. All right. I apologize if you were offended. Yeah. Well, you know what? I was. Damn it. <laughs> and don't think he wasn't. And don't think I won't. Uh, wait, I don't want to quit yet. I got to tell you something. I got to go. I got to get back to the airport. No, I got to tell you one more email. Aeropuerto, por favor. Joe, hail the flashlight king. Hail you. I wanted to comment on your observation that Quick Trip is advertising in Canadian hockey arenas. One of his finest hours. I live in Southern California and listen to Garage Logic while riding my bike. For exercise, not transportation, and I ride as a guest on the road, knowing that cars rule. While listening, I hear ads for the California Lottery in Spanish. It's nice to know GL supports the California Lottery, especially for our Spanish-speaking friends. A loyal listener from the very beginning and still looking for the interactive map on the GL website, Jim Kelleher. So what I think Jim's giving me the, the needle there. Uh, wherever a show appears, locals can insert their own advertising. Yes. And that's the case he's discovering in Southern California when he listens to the GL and suddenly gets a California lottery ad in Spanish. En español. En español. Mucho dinero, señor. Oh, muchas gracias. Yeah. All right, thank you very much. Here we go. What? All right, GLers. Uh, we already talked about the Tattersall event. Go to garagelogic.com. To Brought to you by Precision Garage Door of the Twin Don't Cities. Don't forget that, Reavers, because we need them. And we need you people out at Tattersall. But you've got to be a member of the town council. Ten bucks a month, hundred bucks for a year. Small price to pay to be on the inside. Garage Logic Garb is sitting right there for the taking at garagelogic.com. We got shirts, sweatshirts, 
all sorts of great stuff. Pick your favorite saying and purchase for Christmas, for Thanksgiving, whatever the case may be. And then finally, to be entertained for free, you can go to the Garage Logic YouTube page, and all you do is click subscribe. You'll uh, you'll like what you see, if you know what I mean. Now it's time for me to go. Have a great chade. It is time once again that we pick up that phone and we make that call to our guy, Mr. Money Talk. Josh Arnold is with us once again here in Garage Logic, and now's it's time for you to do the same. So do not delay. Do exactly what I did and pick up that phone and dial 952-925-5608. That number once again is 952-925-5608. You call that number, you get Josh, and he will be there for you for that free, yes, I said free, 48-minute financial consultation and he will never give you a uh, sugar-coated advice he will always give you the straight talk and he's online with us once again here in garage logic and josh today you would like to touch on the fed but we do still have more earnings to look forward to don't we well it's still chris about the fed and we still have plenty of earnings to come in and when i say it's still about the fed this week there are 12 count them 12 fed governors that are going to be speaking and that doesn't count that jerome powell is going to be speaking twice this week And based on two presentations that Fed speakers have made so far, the talk is still, or still that mantra is there, higher for longer. Though there are some concerns about the effects that the Fed is having, not so much on the banking system, but on the commercial real estate and commercial real estate loans. Now, of course, commercial real estate loans, whether it, you know, primarily being office buildings, do have some other issues relating to lack of use companies not using the space that they had contracted for prior to the government-mandated lockdowns during COVID and the change in work habits from working in the office to working out of the house or hybrid work. So the amount of space that companies need is far less, and that could create some issues for commercial real estate loans, at least on the short to medium term, meaning over the next year to two years or three years. But somewhere down the line, that could create some very nice opportunities to buy real estate, commercial real estate at a discount and even give opportunities for developers to convert office to residential, though the cost to do that are quite high. Meantime, there are some Fed governors who are saying, well, maybe we still have to wait, wait a little bit to see the effects of what we have been doing, which does give rise to continued pause in moving on short-term rates. I am of the belief that the Fed could still raise short-term rates once more, possibly twice, and that's just uh, on a just-because basis. Not because they have to, but just to show that they can do it. Our local Minneapolis Fed governor is one of those people still behind raising short-term rates 
still to bring down the cost of inflation. Yet today, the market is on the positive side as the price of oil comes down, even though the Saudis and Russia have continued to limit supply. But news, economic news out of China counteracts that. The price of oil is again under $80 a barrel. And interest rates have come down a little bit as bond values have moved up. Market is perceiving that as a positive sign. Meantime, tomorrow we've got earnings from Disney and market will be watchers will be watching what's going on there, particularly with what Disney may say about ESPN. Thus, there's one big activist involved now with Disney trying to get Disney to take steps to boost their stock price. And one step could be to uh, spin off ESPN, and there could be several willing buyers. As it comes to ESPN, next weekend, ESPN Bets goes live through Penn Entertainment. That could be interesting, particularly since FanDuel, owned by Flutter, and DraftKings still control the bulk of online sports betting and online gambling, and both are favorite stocks of mine. Of course, any stocks mentioned here may not be suitable for you, so check with your financial advisor. Excellent advice once again, Mr. Money Talk. You heard him, GLers. Now's the time for you to pick up the phone and make the call for that free, yes, I said free, 48-minute financial consultation by dialing 952 925 5608, where you're always going to get straight talk and never sugar-coated advice. Josh, once again, thank you so much for the time and the chat. Um, Have a great rest of your day, and we'll talk to you again on Thursday. Well, Chris, make sure you uh, pay attention to the parlay bet on DraftKings. No doubt. <laughs> talk to you Thursday. You got it. Sounds good, Josh. Investment services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC, a security investment advisor. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk. All comments and opinions are Josh Arnold's and do not constitute investment advice. Chris Reavers is a paid endorser.